Howdy, everybody. In this episode, Bruce is going to talk about the Dune Imperium pre-order and aesthetic value. Stay tuned. Well, howdy, everybody. This is Bruce with Board Game Impact. It's just me today. Um, if you listen to last week's episode, then you know kind of what's up. Um, but if this is your first episode, welcome. This one's going to be a little different than our normal podcast episodes. Um, but with that being said, what we do over here at Board Game Impact is Josh and I both work full-time in higher education. I also teach um, uh, some classes at a university, and I'm getting my PhD. And so what we're doing is we apply our educational lenses um, to the game experiences and games we're playing um, and the game content we are consuming to then analyze it for your benefit and present that back to you um, for you and your gaming group. So hopefully you can make informed choices about your experiences in the hobby. Um, and so with that being said, uh, this been 2020 has been just weird for everybody. Let's just put it that way. And so if you're listening to this in the future, um, this is coming out at the beginning of November. And uh, we're still in the midst of the pandemic and also now all the election stuff. Um, so yeah, so just look back on this with a grain of salt. And so what's going on too is, um, as I talked about in last week's intro, um, I, we've Josh and I both had some life things. Um, I was sick for a while as well as, um, I just had a family member pass, um, in these last two weeks. So I've been pulled away for family things, which has made scheduling regular episodes with Josh a little difficult. And I thank you for understanding that. But that being said, I have also had moments of inspiration. Um, and, and it's been this one of these like cathartic releases of like doing these things to, um, do something uplifting while also attending to all these family things, which you can imagine of having these like spurts of emotion and feelings. Um, but with that being said, last week's episode, I talked about um, what's called epistemology, like what is knowledge? And it was a crash course based on some conversations. I encourage you to go listen to that one. Um, but as I mentioned, I was going to be doing is this one's all about the Dune Imperium pre-order. Um, and this actually stems from, conversations in the YouTube comments for that last episode. So um, the YouTube video for the last episode actually came first. Um, and then there was some conversation, hey, lean into this thing on uh, value a little bit more. We'd like that. And I have many more ideas of different types of content of essentially combining my PhD work as well as this board game content and trying to mash that up and present that back of like, here's some lessons. And so I've got some really cool things I'm working on. Um, but to be 100% transparent, uh, the feedback for these videos has been nothing but the most reward, one of the most rewarding things I've done. Um, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love recording this podcast with Josh and I look forward to it. But that being said, um, having this intersectionality of a oneness between the content that we're creating the within the board game world, being able to pull in uh, even more of like the nerdy things I do of like looking things up in the library and finding scholarly references and presenting that back and teaching because that's a very normal thing for me to do is teach um, is really rewarding. And um, these videos are getting um, crazy, crazy views. And so if you've watched it, Thank you so much. Um, and if this all sounds interesting to you, make sure to subscribe here. Now, the podcast can be a little different at times, but absolutely make sure to go on over and subscribe 
to the YouTube page, um, Board Game Impact. Just search that. It says Board Game Impact as Bruce Brown. Um, but you'll see it has our logo, same as a podcast, everything. But you can also find it over on the Facebook page where, of course, I'll make announcements about new videos. And I encourage you to just um, engage in the dialogue. And so uh, one of the things I've been doing is every comment I've been getting over on the BGG page um, because the Dune Imperium video is listed as a video for Dune Imperium, um, which is wonderful. Um, And so I encourage you to participate. So on those comments, I'm having these really cool dialogues. And if you're somebody I've talked to over there, thank you, because it's been so um, uplifting for me um, in all of this. And also just this content's been really empowering to make, and it's been really, really rewarding to hear this feedback. So absolutely, in one way or another, I'm going to be continuing to do those things. And uh, spoiler alert, I already have the next one scripted, um, and that's going to be about loss aversion. Um, so the power of losing things. Um, and that's influenced by my recent plays of Clans of Caledonia. And so I'm going to be getting into what loss aversion is um, and how that can affect our psychology. Um, And I'm also going to pull in some lessons from Jeopardy um, because there's some really cool research on Jeopardy. Uh, So again, this episode's all about uh, digging into the... digging into aesthetic value um, from the lens and inspiration of the Dune Imperium pre-order. Um, and so in the way they structure that, so by no means is this everything about aesthetic value nor axiology, the study of values. Um, but it is a really, really cool starting place. Um, and this was really empowering. And so if you're somebody who likes the content we've been doing in one way, shape or form, I really encourage you to stay tuned through the rest of this episode. Um, but if you want to see the presentation, um, just go on over to the YouTube page and you can watch it there. Um, but either way, we just want to encourage you to, um, to go over, consume the content. And we really think that making this content is really helping make a positive impact on the world by using our experiences and our lenses. And so with that, I'm going to turn it over to myself and I hope you enjoy. Howdy, everybody. It's Bruce with Board Game Impact. And in this video, we're, I'm going to be looking into Dune Imperium, which is the latest board game from Direwolf. And it has to do with the new movie that's coming out or was supposed to come out, but is now coming out next year. And of course, the classic novels by Frank, uh, Frank Herbert. So with that being said, the reason I'm making this video is because as of the time of this recording, the pre-orders just launched. And I saw something really cool going on with this pre-order. And it kind of gave a really cool opportunity to lean into more of some of this content I've been making on more of the philosophy behind things, the educational epistemological underpinnings. Yeah, that's some words. Um, As well as some more things from my PhD work and my consulting work and my teaching work. Uh, So those of you who don't know, Board Game Impact, we take our educational lenses and apply that to the games and experiences we're having. Um, That's a podcast that's hosted with my buddy Josh. Um, But more recently, I've started making some content on here and have been really engaging with you in the comment section about these videos, about different philosophical things, leadership things. And it's been really rewarding. So when I saw this today, I couldn't help but to make another video and see how this goes. Uh, So in particular, this is going to be looking at aesthetics and value um, part of epistemology. So why do I have this background? So I work full-time in higher education, I teach leadership classes, and am completing a PhD in human resource development, so organization consulting. Um, Almost there, y'all. Have about a year left of classwork. 
so thankful. Um, but in this one, what we're really going to be looking at is uh, by doing PhD work, that's doing research. And with that, we have to understand our own positionality um, as well as the positionality of our subjects or participants for our work. Uh, because unlike other aspects of science, this is social science. So people are involved and that's really, really important. And so uh, with this and with what I was seeing with Direwolf, this is the perfect case study so let's dig on in okay so again we're going to be covering axial act the axiological aesthetics particularly in, with the dune imperium pre-order by direwolf um, and so where this all begins um, is pretty cool so it's the game is dune imperium um, and so this is the board game um, so it is a beautiful and well it gets a beautiful in a second um a new worker placement deck building game from Direwolf um, in which you are on the planet or in the orbit of the planet of Arrakis, better known as Dune. Uh, and you are going to be taking on one of the noble houses, four noble houses, uh, trying to compete to win favors and things like that to have control over the planet, um, which is the only planet in the Dune universe that makes this thing called Spice. Um, that is how you are able to do interstellar travel, um, as well as many other things, including precognition, which is pretty sweet. Um, but the pre-order that was launched, uh, there's a couple of cool things going on. So you can get just the base game, which is fun. You can also get the upgrade pack, um, which replaces, if you notice, it's got all these like wooden tokens on the board, not the ones in the supply, but the ones on the board. So you have, what, have what's called an agent. Um, you have the Mentat. You have these little cardboard discs at the top of each of those tracks. And these uh, plastic pieces in the front replace those discs. The colored pieces replace the little cubes. And then the ones in the back replace your agents, um, as well as there's a nice sandworm uh, first player marker. And then, of course, you do require, does require the base game to play this. But many times when we have Kickstarters or other games coming out, there's only the deluxe edition, right? Or the old version. It's kind of rare, and I haven't seen it too much, where you have, here's the base game, and then here's an upgrade kit, which theoretically doesn't change gameplay, it just changes your components. And if you want to, you can add this on. Um, so it's not one or the other, it's one, and then you can add on the other as you so choose, which is kind of new and kind of what inspired this video. That being said, there's another layer of this. You can bundle it all together if you want to um, and have everything. Um, so you can have the base game as well as the upgrade kit. Love that the upgrade kit takes up like double the width. Um, but then the bottom right, if you notice, you can also, with either of those, get card sleeves because this is a deck building game, has deck building components. And with that, a lot of people uh, enjoy to have the card sleeved because they're gonna get more use, right? Um, and so you can choose two different things. You can choose the bottom one, which is the normal card back look um, of the planet Arrakis, which is Dune, or the sandworm popping out, which is uh, from one of the cards in the game. Um, so you can choose to do that too. Um, so again, you can get the, just the base game, you can get the um, base game and upgrade kit, you can get the base game upgrade kit and either one of these. Um, you can choose. In addition, just as a quick note, um, all, first of all, all these photos are from the Direwolf, web, Direwolf website, uh, but if you pre-order this game from them or your friendly local game store, 
you can also get a promo card. Um, so they're doing that too. So if you pre-order the game, you can get the Jessica, uh, Jessica of Arrakis promo card. Um, and if you know anything about the story, you know the significance of that. If not, it's just another cool card. Okay, so where does all this come in? So first of all, axiology. Um, axiology is the study of nature, of value and valuation, and the kinds of things that are valuable. Whereas aesthetic value, which aesthetics is part of axiology, axiology also has ethics, morals, um, but aesthetics is another part of that, which is what makes an object have worth or being unworth or having worth of perception to be contemplated or otherwise appreciated for its own sake. And so essentially what is right versus wrong, good versus bad, beautiful versus ugly, etc. Okay, so now my positionality. If you've watched the last video I just did on, uh, which is an epistemological crash course, you will know that positionality is important. It's important to understand where we play the di different experiences, all those things. So have I ever played Dune Imperium? No. Have I seen it in person? No, I haven't. Um, I've only consumed content and I'll share what content that is later. Um, but uh, other things, I was looking forward to the movie. I saw the old movie, which came out in like the 70s, 80s, it's bad, but it's fun. Um, but I just finished reading Dune, um, so I'd never read it. And if you listen to the podcast on episode 42, you know we just talked about some of the books we're reading. And so I completed this book in anticipation of the movie because a brand new movie coming out. It was supposed to come out this December 2020. It's now been delayed to October 2021. Sorry if I'm the one letting you know about that news. Sorry. It looks awesome, and so I thought, why not read the source material? It's like 60 years old um, plus, and, but it's a, what's a notable classic. That's what I was told. Um, and I read this. I really enjoyed it. I just finished it about a week and a half ago. Um, other things, though, I'm also reading now book two, um, so Dune Messiah. Um, and so it's important to understand that I have invested um, time into this, um, but make that decision of what you will, right? Okay, so uh, first it's important to talk about this like ideal aesthetic observer. So in the past video, uh, there were some comments about like, should we even have reviews? Yes, we should, but we should consume more content, things like that. The reason for it is back in the day, like way back in the day, I'm talking like Immanuel Kant, like 18, like before the 1800s time frame, like long time ago, um, there was this idea of trying to find the ideal aesthetic observer. Um, reasonable person standard is a better way to put that if you're more into law. Um, and what this means is that it's a proposal that there's a true standard, quote unquote, of taste and beauty. Uh, and that there are true, that this ideal aesthetic observer could be a true judge. Um, and it has to be somebody who's highly developed sensibilities, right? Um, and according to Hume, they have a strong sense of a united and delicate sentiment, improved practice, um, perfected comparison, and they're clear of all prejudice. Okay, simply doesn't exist. Um, so a lot of stuff has come out like that's, that's not a thing. And so the important part is we need to understand for ourselves what is making us have an interpretation of value in the content we consume. Um, so that's what's really important here. And that comes from Riggle 2015, by the way. Okay, so 
there's two ways I'm going to break this down. So there's the subjectivist, uh, which does it have value because it is desired versus the objectivist, which is it's desired because it has a value. Now you might be thinking that's chicken or the egg, but it, it can be fundamentally important. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to break this whole Dune Imperium thing down into subjectivist, and then I'll probably a lot more on objectivist. And then we're going to finally circle back with some things that we can do and some considerations that I would leave for you. And if you want to learn more about this game, I'm going to point you into some directions so you can make your own value-based judgments. Okay, so from the subjectivist point of view, um, there's an, there can be an inherent aesthetic appeal. Um, so the look of the colors, so um, especially if you might be colorblind, you might interpret these things different, right? Um, you might like the particular art style, right? Um, now, this, we can get into more semantics here in a, in a second, uh, but this can just cultivate an emotion, a feeling, uh, and it cultivates that response. There's something about it that might draw you in or be like, nah, not me, right? Um, for whatever reason. Sorry about that. Um, versus objectivist, and there's a lot more here, um, so it's, I'm going to go into it a little bit more. Uh, but actually, one thing I got to back up on on subjectivists is that there is that our own experiences with beauty um, have drawn us and can draw us to particular objects and scenes in such a way that we have little desire to pursue anything else. And so, what that means is if we have liked things then we might be wired to then consume content from that thing and keep wanting more of that thing and be uh, have blinders on to even consider other options. So I'm gonna encourage you to remove the blinders and let's learn and unpack ourselves, okay? So that's what we're really doing this for. So from the objectivist point of things, uh, there's a couple different aspects. One, theme. So objectivist is really coming at things uh, because it has some quote unquote value. So from an objectivist point of view, it's looking at criticisms and leaning in on particular aspects that can make the case for or against various things. So for theme, I already talked to you about how I've consumed this content. Um, there's a movie coming out. So that is a, that is a very deep theme. Um, within that though, uh, you might be someone who doesn't like sci-fi. And so from a sci-fi alone lens, you might be like, nah, not my thing. Or if you have been in the board game hobby for a while, you know that sometimes intellectual property coming to board game adaptions, it can feel slapped on. And so therefore there can be an aversion to want to consume that content because of experiences in the past. Right, um, and we'll get to that in a second, actually. Um, you can also think about it, you, the designers and the company's pedigree. So Dire Wolf Digital um, has come out with some pretty, in my opinion, fun and engaging content over the last while. Um, and the designers of this, the team that made this come together is uh, the group that also did Clank. Uh, the deck building game, which I've personally played a bunch of times with my wife, with friends, things like that. Um, and so from that lens, um, if you are somebody who cares about pedigree and cares about proof of concept of one's work as an author and content creator, then this might be important to you. Or 
not. Um, or if you had a negative interpretation of Clank you, and deck building, you might not want to lean in on that. Um, from another lens though, particularly the deck building aspects um, or the worker placement aspects or the fact that it's even got cubes and we'll talk about that, but the mechanics themselves might for you or for me bring out some different reactions, right? So because it's got um, deck building, well, if I don't like having to keep shuffling my deck, um, and I just want to focus on XYZ, then I might not want to try this. Or there might, once I see that word, it might evoke a reaction for me. Okay. So this actually happened with the game Pendulum, uh, Pendulum um, by uh, Stonemeyer Games. So it had Stonemeyer's come out with a bunch of games, and in there it said time and that there's going to be sand timers. So the fact that that game had sand timers made people go, nah, and not even give it a second chance or lean into it. Now, we leaned into it. If you want to hear our thoughts on it and our experiences with it, go check out the podcast. Uh, but the mechanics themselves can make you be like, sure, ambivalent or like, nah. Um, an unknown experience. So from an objectivist point of view, you could also be saying and not have any value on it because you haven't had the experience or because I haven't had the experience. And so because I haven't had my own firsthand experience, that could lead me to say that it had it does not yet have value for me, um, and I have yet to discover that value, and so I am not inclined to do X Y Z. Uh, the gameplay changes due to components. So uh, this is really where, if you're weighing the different options of purchase to get the base game, to get the base game plus the um, the upgrade kit. You, you might be thinking for yourself of, oh, well, cubes don't evoke a reaction for me. Um, I have more value in seeing little standees, uh, not standees, but plastic miniature standees on the board. And that's gonna immerse myself more and therefore have more value. Or the facts of having those different icons, so the discs that all of a sudden are a sculpt and having that thing in front of you might make you feel like you have a better experience or it might get in your way. So for me, by being able to have the experiences I want to choose, whether for me, do I need those other aspects? Will it enhance and add value? That might be something different for you versus me. And so that's important to acknowledge. But I love the fact that they're giving us the option. And same thing with the card sleeves, Direwolf. This is an amazing, amazing thing you've done. Thank you. So those card sleeves. Um, if you are somebody who wants to upkeep your game or have played these things before, that might increase your value of that game. So typically there's a thing of when you look at upgrade kits, uh, may it be inserts or things like that, the effective ones are the ones that are gonna help you get the game to the table more often. And so with that, it's important to acknowledge that card sleeves might do that for you. It might upkeep your game longer. It might help you shuffle them faster, shuffle them more efficiently, create a more random experience. And so therefore that might increase your value of said game by having them in there. So it's a really great idea that they're offering that as an optional add-on for the deluxe uh, for the upgrade kit as well as the bundle. Now I did reach out to Direwolf to see if you can add it on to the base game and I have yet to hear back, um, but I will update the comment section of this um, if I do hear back from Direwolf to see if I'm able to do that. 
because I just think there's an option there that was missed. Um, another thing with this is the plastic versus the cubes. Um, so do you need the plastic to evoke a reaction for you? If you are somebody who has read the books, who has watched the movies, who has played the regular Dune board game with its little little chits, little cardboard chits, and really finally want to see a sandworm or um, these different like people that you have a reaction to, whether it be the Bene Gesserit, the Emperor, etc. Um, if you want to know who they are, I don't want to say spoilers, but you can read the book, you can watch the things, um, and you can read about it elsewhere. That might evoke more of a reaction and thus have more value. We've talked about that. Okay, so the considerations I want to leave you with is that we each have an internal hierarchy of values. Um, the mechanisms might play out more than the components for you. Um, the, the gameplay can change that unknown experience. Sorry, I had to look at one thing. Um, the pedigree of the designers, that might be super paramount for you versus for somebody else. It might be like, nah, bro. Um, and so with that, we encourage you to pause and reflect on when you are evaluating a game, what are you basing that on? What is, what is going into that for you? What is your consideration set? What are the boxes that are important for you? Change. So our aesthetic values can also change over time. We talked about this, I talked about this in the last episode too, um, where what was once unique can then become the norm. So with this, um, this is from Riggle 2015. Um, our attitudes towards aesthetic objects can be sensitive and flexible. Uh, the painting that enthused us one week may bore us the next. Uh, the band you loved over the summer, you just loved over the summer. And the shirt that collects dust in the closet strikes you one day as nostalgic. And all of a sudden, it's the best one you own. And so I encourage you to reflect on where are you in, in games? Um, are there mechanisms that have been just hanging in the closet that all of a sudden it's like, huh, that one is something I really like right now. Um, are you in a honeymoon season with a particular mechanic? That might be the case. And so I encourage you to reflect on, has this hierarchy changed over time? Uh, but what is also standing out to you now? And can you get your pulse on whether or not that is just a fad or whether it's just a honeymoon stage and it's going to settle down or it's been something that's been there for a while that's been slowly gaining momentum. So it's important to pause and do some introspection there. And so we each have different preferences, uh, but also with change is the fact that we have all different financial and life situations. So um, a price of a game may mean a lot more for one person than somebody else. And so one of the things I want to commend Direwolf for is the fact that they have this optional upgrade kit and then the optional card sleeves. Either way, because by doing that, um, it's acknowledging that we're all in different places and getting the game to the table is essentially for them, I bet, what's most important. Uh, but wanting to provide this really great experience of these extra things for these fans of this notable intellectual property is important too. Uh, but not assuming that everyone could have afforded that, right? Um, and so I just want to take the time to acknowledge them and say thank you. Uh, because we also might have a different appreciation, a different value for a game. If you have 1,000 or 200 games in your collection versus five. And that depending on which of those camps you might be in personally, 
the value of that one more being added might be super high or it's just another game. And so I just wanted you, to, wanted you to acknowledge that you might be in a different spot than somebody else. And so evaluate what does adding this game and these upgrade kits, if need be, um, mean to you. Uh, we also have a motivation to seek similar things. So when we experience something we like, we want more of it, right? And so if you are somebody who experienced Clank and you enjoyed that, you probably also sought out Clank in Space. And if you enjoyed those things, you're probably going to be like, ooh, I like this publisher or I like their ability to do deck building. So I want to consume this, which is different. It's worker placement too, right? And there's some political aspects. Um, it also has this theme uh, where Clank and Clank in Space were their kind of own things. Um, and so I encourage you to pause and reflect on um, am I seeking similar because I'm assume, applying the same logic and feelings that I had for one thing to a completely new thing? And so don't leave things in the abstracted because it's all going to be its own thing. And I'm going to talk about that here in a second when I talk about flowers. There's also the ability to uh, associate it with the wrong object. Um, and so what a, this is again, this is from Stramberg in 2011. Um, what elicits the relevant motivating response in an object of evaluation uh, may be a situation that is quite different from it. So right now we're in the midst of a pandemic. And I haven't been able to play many games with people in person except with my wife or digitally. And so I might be evaluating this game based on something I might get to do. And if I might get to do that thing, then it's going to potentially have a higher value for me. Okay. Um, versus for you, it might be different. You might have that opportunity right now. And I commend you if that's the case and then just be safe. Um, but the other part of this too, when we're associating it is also acknowledging um, that we might have been looking forward to this movie or we might have an association to an intellectual property which then can motivate us also to want to consume more of that content which may be irrelevant of the game and so be making sure to reflect on is this game doing the things i want it to do for myself will it do the things i want it to do for myself with a reasonable guess or for your game group can you get it played etc so evaluating its knee-jerk value versus its intrinsic value and the value that um, based on all of your considerations, your own valuation calculator, we might say. Now I will say, and I'm gonna show here in a second, where uh, you can find out a lot more content about it so you can make those inferences. And I've consumed a lot of it. Um, so if you wanna talk more about it, be happy to, um, but I'm gonna show you where to go if you wanna consume more content about this. Okay, so what to do consume more content. Surprise, <laughs> you knew that was coming. Um, so first of all, Direwolf had uh, some designer diaries. Uh, they currently have five out there. One covers just the combat aspects, the political aspects, paying homage to the um, intellectual property, the uh, solo mode and two player mode. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, and also with it though, they acknowledge this really cool thing and that is they're obviously working with this movie studio. And the movie got delayed. And so they acknowledge the fact that usually when that happens, you might get, they might get told as, as publishers, like, you got to stop. Um, but the, publish, the uh, movie studio said, no, you keep going. 
And so I am personally thankful that that is the case because that could have really potentially hurt a company. And so I just think that relationship there, that's positive. I think that's a good thing. Um, but also they acknowledge that typically with these things, the movie studios like to show off things. Well, the problem is there's multiple books to this Dune thing and there are some holes in the story. Not like bad holes in the story, but uh, there's this whole economy and religions and politics that don't necessarily get talked about in just one book. And so what they were able to do is they were able to work with the movie studio um, to actually bring in some different content from some of the books to make a more well-rounded experience for the consumers of the content and make a better game. Um, and so that is just cool. And I encourage you to go and read that. If you are somebody who likes reading board game content, they did a really good job in describing that and their passion for this project shows. Another thing, uh, during Spiel Digital, uh, the Dice Tower uh, did a live playthrough. Um, as you can see, it's just shy of two hours long. They teach you how to play the game real quick. They do mess up the rules from time to time, but they get called out in the chat rather quickly, so they fix those issues um, rather fast. Uh, but this was a really cool opportunity to see the gameplay, which we talked about before. It's like an unknown experience. I haven't seen it get played. This is your opportunity to do that. Um, but also just recently, Rodney Smith of Watch It Played just posted the how to play video, um, which covers all the different mechanics in this and the basic aspects of how to play with then alluding to the solo mode and two player mode at the end. Um, I also want you to then reflect on your situation. We have talked a couple times about that and that you might be in a, you might have a game group that you can get this played. You might have a game group that's really more oriented towards another type of game. Um, and so just understand that your gaming situation might be different um, and to see which things would work. Would, would it make sense for you to just have the base game? Do you have the capacity and shelf space, et cetera, for the upgrade kit? Do you care about the um, the lore and finally wanting miniatures, even if you don't use them in the game, uh, just so that way you can have them? Because that might be you. And if that is, awesome. Go ahead, like, please go ahead for what my <laughs> opinion is worth. Go ahead, consume the content you want to consume. Uh, and with that, it, I also go into talk about um, how do you view flowers? And I know this might be a weird thing after all this dune stuff, a desert planet. What do you mean flowers? Um, so when you see a bouquet of flowers, um, and I'm inclined to this a little bit due to some family things right now. Um, when you see a bouquet of flowers, one bouquet might be beautiful, right? Another one, for some reason, it might just have a certain arrangement. It's like, ah, yeah, I don't like that. If you see a bouquet of flowers that you don't like, does that mean that every bouquet of flowers is then unappealing? No, it's not. And so if you have had positive experiences or negative experiences with deck building, with an IP on a game, or um, any of these other mechanics or aspects we've talked about, or sci-fi, et cetera, that doesn't mean that that's gonna be the experience you have with this one. And so I would encourage you to take the blinders and evaluate it in its isolation, yes, use that stuff to inform you because you are going to take every experience that you've ever had through that lens. Um, but just be able to reflect on, are you letting one experience or a handful of experiences determine all future experiences? Um, and so I just encourage you to reflect on that because again, we change and not every bouquet of flowers is going to be the same. And so I think that's the last one I have here. Yep. 
And so I want to just kind of wrap up here. I hope this was helpful. I have enjoyed looking at all this content. It's been a really great uh, thing for me in anticipation of this game. I am very much looking forward to this game. Uh, but again, that's my personal positionality on this. And I can't wait to play it. I cannot wait to play it. I look forward to trying out the solo mode. I look forward to trying out the two-player mode. And I look forward to talking about it on the podcast with Josh. And um, I hope this has been helpful. I think that Direwolf has done an amazing job in creating this content um, and stewarding good transparency in this process. Uh, I know there's gonna be a lot more reviews coming out soon as there was an embargo on some of that. Um, so do look for more content. This is just the content I know of right now. Uh, but really just go out and make good choices for yourself. Um, evaluate each game for what it could bring. Uh, for what it could do. And just because you have one experience doesn't mean you'll, that will be always your experience. Uh, but I also want to commend Direwolf on one more thing. And that this is not a line they needed to do. And in, by, no, by the way, no, no way am I sponsored by Direwolf. Have I received anything from Direwolf? This is just me doing this. But the thing that I really appreciate they did, besides everything else I've already talked about, is the fact that they are encouraging you to, if possible, purchase this from your local game store. Uh, because a lot of game stores might be hurting with everything going on in the world at the time of this is we're still in the midst of COVID pandemic. And, um, and to, if you are wanting to pre-order it from your local game store to make sure to talk to them about pre-ordering it. So that way you can get that uh, Lady of Arrakis promo card uh, because they can reach out to their distributors. They've got a whole website of what distributors are providing that extra promo card. Um, so if you want that extra content, whether you're getting it from them or otherwise, do make sure to pre-order it. Um, and I encourage you to check all this out. Link to Direwolf's website where you can read more about this and things like that are all gonna be on there. Please, if you like this content, if this was something cool, let me know what stood out to you in the comments down below. Um, let me know what your thoughts on Dune are or this game. I'd love to just have a conversation with you um, and really connect with you. This has been a really nice opportunity. Uh, but I also encourage you to go check out our podcast content over at Board Game Impact that's available on all, the, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Trust me, it's on all of them. Um, but if you like this content, I'm gonna try to do more of this. Um, and so make sure to hit subscribe and of course that little bell icon so you can be notified. But until that, as I end every episode of the podcast, go out and make a positive impact in the world.